Ha-ha! All right, they want us. Great. This is Locked On Big 12. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Big 12. I'm Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas. Thank you for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. Here's a fun caveat into today's show where we talk expansion of the Big 12, Gorge Klievkov and, par- and the Pac-12 parting ways, which I think is hilarious, and also Big 12 basketball recap from Saturday. I want to make the caveat of there has been a rumor now that NC State and Virginia Tech have reached out to the Big 12 with interest in leaving the ACC. Now, there's a lot to unpack with this, considering both of these schools are effectively tied to North Carolina and Virginia, who are both schools that the SEC and the Big Ten have been interested in due to their TV markets and trying to expand where they have their footprint. If the Big 12 is able to land these two teams and get those two teams as some sort of a bonus because they're so tied together, that would be the greatest expansion scenario may be possible for the Big 12. First, let me tell you who's reporting this. Let me tell you who's tweeting this. At MHVER3 on Twitter. A lot of you peed down your pant leg when I mentioned Greg Swaim last week. Here's one thing I want to give you. When Ross Dellinger and Brett McMurphy tweet something, when they report something, which I think they're both really... I, I don't have problems with either of them, right? When they tweet something... Typically, somebody else has already tweeted it out a smaller account 24 hours before, 30 minutes before. And I'm not saying that M-H-V-E-R, this faceless, nameless person on Twitter is doing that. However, what I am saying is a lot of the stuff they've tweeted has been right. Not not all of it. Not all Greg Swaim stuff has been correct. And there's a lot of shock jock stuff that comes out of the Big 12 Twitter sphere. And you can't trust everything. But my thing, my, my thing. A lot of the times, what we get, the information we get, comes from a small source in the weeds at the base level before it comes from some big name. Brett Yormark is going to call me and tell me that NC State Virginia Tech called the Big 12. However, this is something that makes sense. Now, last week, mentioned the guy, if you were an everyday listener, you last week heard about USF turning the Big 12 down and the Big 12 can't get out of its own way to sign East Carolina into the conference. That's not a real thing. There is, it's easy to tell when things don't add up, they don't make sense. But what I like to do is take every source, every tweet, every bit and say, what actually is feasible here? And at MHVER3 has landed the plane because NC State and Virginia Tech need somewhere to go. And what we have seen now through the ACC trying to come back at Florida State and push back on Florida State's lawsuit against the grant of rights, and that's going to kind of backfire and maybe blow up in their face. We don't really know if the ACC has to like to stand on here after reading the documents. I don't know that they do. What I did learn over the course of this weekend about the ACC is they are taking the route of the Pac-12. They are taking the Titanic route. They're saying, uh... Ah, the Lusitania is right there. We can just ride that ship and, you know, get into port and be okay. We'll never be the Titanic, but, you know, the big name, but we'll never sink. Instead, they're going to go down. The, the, the ACC has decided, all right, yeah, we'll fight you, Florida State, and they're probably going to lose. Everything points to them losing and Florida State exiting that conference. Now, do, do I think Florida State's going to the Big 12? No, it's never day. You know, this. I believe that. Do I think Clemson's got a shot? Miami has a shot. I do. And I don't think I'm crazy for saying that because, again, if you're an everydayer, this is what I want you to bring your water cooler. If Clemson sucks the next five years in football, Dabo Sweeney leaves. What is their brand? What is their brand? 15 years ago, nobody cared about Clemson. If in the next 15 years, Kansas State wins two national championships in football, Chris Kleiman will be the new Dabo Sweeney. Kansas State will be the new Clemson. They have built that brand off of consistent winning in the last decade. Any program in the country can do that. But when your head coach leaves, if Dabo Sweeney leaves, that program 
What, what's left? What's the staying power of a Clemson? Florida State, Texas, Oklahoma, they don't have that problem. That's why they get to be the big brands in college athletics. I don't think anybody's breaking the door down to get Clemson here. That's why I think the Big 12 at least a shot. I didn't believe the Big 12 had a shot at North Carolina and Virginia. The reason being, the SEC and the Big 10, it, it makes sense. One, geographical standpoint, fine. I, I don't, in the SEC, yes, that, that they, they, they land the plane there. What what really drives it home, though, is this TV market expansion. Is the SEC moving its footprint in North into North Carolina, into Virginia? The Big Ten moving its footprint into North Carolina and Virginia. And you talk about basketball, which doesn't push the needle here. This is all a football conversation. But from a basketball standpoint, they're a good fit. From a baseball standpoint, a good fit. Even if those things don't matter, from a football standpoint, if they're not competitive, they don't care. The SEC and the Big Ten are not looking for competitive programs. They are not saying oh, Florida State hasn't won a national championship in. 10 years they can't go they can't join our no they're looking for money they're looking for tv markets they are looking to make their conference more appealing to fox and espn and nbc and everybody else that's the point of this but now we turn it back around to the big 12 what we have to what we have to do is likely pick up the scraps Okay, if tomorrow Florida State decides it's going to bounce to the Big Ten and then Miami says, all right, we're going to bounce the Big Ten with you. And then UNC and and, and Virginia say, all right, we're going to go to the SEC. If that happened tomorrow, the Big 12 has to pick up the scraps. Who is left in that conference, which NC State and Virginia Tech aren't bad pickups here. But when those schools, if those schools are reaching out to the Big 12 first, that is huge. Because of how tied UNC is to Virginia Tech. I was reading an article here. This one is from Sports Illustrated. Two routes for the Big 12 to reach 20 members. The now defunct Sports Illustrated. But this was about how the Big 12 could target outside of Oregon State and Washington State. An NC State, a Wake Forest, a UNC, a Duke. In, in expansion. Now, do I think those are all realistic? No, I, I try to be the mediator with this. Here's a better one. This is from Raleigh News and Observer. Could UNC and NC State be tied together amid conference realignment? And that's it. That was on January 24th. They posted that. So they knew something was coming. There's blood in the water. The sharks are around. Bill Observer, July 6th of 2022. Where does the NC, where did the NC State football team turn if the ACC disbands? Spectrum News, where are schools going post-college sports realignment? How NC State went from ACC expansion skeptic to voting out possible new members. NC State's not happy. We know that, right? They're tied to North Carolina. And if NC State knows it does not have a leg to stand on to go to the SEC and the Big Ten, the Big 12 is its only option. If if NC State, if Virginia Tech, if they are the catalyst, if they move before Virginia and before UNC, there is a possibility that one, the, the first possibility that twists the arm of UNC and Virginia to where they have to fight their way to the Big Ten of the SEC and drag little brother or what they consider to be little brother, that is, or those teams being the catalysts into the Big 12 creates this awesome, freaking awesome ripple effect where they join this conference and they drag UNC and UVA with them. Do, is that what's actually going to happen? There is almost no chance. There's almost no chance to me that UNC or Virginia Tech, UNC or Virginia will be held down by NC State or Virginia Tech and not be able to make the decision for where those two schools go. However what this could mean what i do think this means is this elusive third option where virginia tech and nc state say look we're not happy writings on the wall the acc is going the same direction as the pac-12 what can we do let's jump ship let's join the big 12 it makes the most sense for us to go to the big 12 and when that happens what if the destruction of the acc doesn't exactly end all be all land with florida state 
What if there are other teams in this pack in what I would say is the middle of the ACC? The NC State and Virginia Tech brands aren't top five in that conference, but they're pretty darn good. And I think they would be great assets to the Big 12 along with like a pit. If they're the ones that spearhead this thing, we're in business. The ACC falls apart. There are more candidates to come to the Big 12. And our conference that sits at 16 teams soon finds itself at 20 or 22 or 24. And that's going to have to happen. Let's do it again. Let's bring up another MHVER3 tweet. By the way, I'll say it. I like his tweets or her. I like their tweets mostly, especially when they're right. This one says the ACC is going the way of the Pac-12. If the SEC and Big Ten break away, what does that make of the Big 12? The Big 12 will be a part of the breakaway if it occurs. If this conference, if the Big 12 gets a Virginia Tech, if the Big 12 gets a, a, a UNC or an NC State, a pit, that's enough. That's enough with the addition of Colorado and Utah and those other guys, and even a BYU, UCF, to stay relevant. And that's that's the or the that word relevant is the word that we that we need to lean on here. Relevant. If we can stay relevant, that will keep us afloat. The Pac-12 wasn't relevant, and that's why they Parted ways with George Kleofkov, which I think is the funniest thing in the world. That's coming up next. Locked on Big 12, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Talent Solutions. LinkedIn Talent Solutions is where I go when I need to make a hire. Dude, I right now am looking for like a quasi-intern. I need somebody to come help me out with this show on social media. I I am, um, you know, I've got all the Savannah stuff going on with the bananas and the party animals and chasing those around the country. I need, I need a little boost. So I go to LinkedIn Talent Solutions, tell them exactly what I need, and they hook me up. They know small businesses, they got so much going on, so they want to make it easy. 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats, so make it quick. Two and a half million small businesses are using LinkedIn for hiring. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash college. LinkedIn.com slash college to post your job for free. Keep in mind that terms and conditions do apply. In shocking breaking news, per ESPN, the Pac-12 and Commissioner George Klyovkov agree to part ways. Oh. Sorry, I just got a notification on my phone. Radio Shack has fired its CEO. Oh, here's another one. Toys R Us has fired its president. Oh, the Volt Energy Drink will part ways with its CEO. What are we doing here, man? Are you going to tell me next that the Blockbuster Council of Elders has been eliminated? George Klyovkov, this thing that doesn't exist, this entity that is a Fugazi, has been fired from his Fugazi entity. Uh, Heather Dinich writes, the Pac-12 and embattled commissioner George Klyovkov have mutually agreed to part ways. The league announced Friday. I like, what did this look like? What if the, is it just George Klyovkov sitting in a room with himself? He's like, yeah, I've thought about this a lot, long and hard. And I think we're going to have to move on. And then he just, he's like, you know what? I think I'm right. We are going to have to move on. Is that how this went? The Pac-12 doesn't exist anymore. And look, by way of this NCAA uh, death period where they get a grace of two years where they still kind of exist, the Pac-12 assets are still there. And if you've been an everydayer on this show, you know that that affects the way the college football playoff format is. If it's a five plus seven, which that vote is expected on February 20th, or if it's the six plus six and how that's all going to move, that, that is an effect. That, that, that's an effect of the fact that the Pac-12 is still in existence in technicality. So 
Don't take my jest for complete jest here. George Klyavkov being now the deposed Pac-12 commissioner does mean something. But what do you do? What do you do? Is the room just Washington State and Oregon State? Is it just Murphy and Schultz? Is it just Kirk Schultz being like, well, do we hire another commissioner? At this point, I don't know what you would do. I don't know what you would do in it because there's no way to salvage this league. There's no way. I, I love, I listen to a lot of what John Kurtz does. I think John Kurtz is great. I listen to a lot of, of like, uh, uh, I listen to Locked On College Football now is what it is. It used to be Locked On Pac-12. And the idea that the Pac-12 could salvage itself is one that's very admirable. Think about this. If you're a TCU fan, a Texas Tech fan, I mean, if the Big 12 had fallen apart two years ago, you would want to, you would want to survive in any possible format. And Bob Bowlesby being on his way out wasn't bad news to us, but we were still alive. Whatever we could do to stay alive was great. And it feels like whatever the Pac-12 could do to stay alive is going to be great for college football. If the Mountain West and the Pac-12 merge and they call it the Pac-12, I think that's great. I just don't. This doesn't exist. This isn't a real thing. George Klyovkov, in, in maybe the most embarrassing display of leadership in college football history, which is saying so much. I need you. That is saying so much. But maybe the most embarrassing display, especially from a commissioner. And now it's like, dude, again, did you need to announce this? Did you put the shovel down? Put the shovel down. You have dug yourself in a hole of despair and sadness already. And now George Klyovkov is gone. What does this mean for the Big 12? It further legitimizes the fact that despite leadership that seemed shoddy, George was worse. Despite what Bob Bowlesby seemed for the Big 12, decisions that he made 2014, go back to TCU and Baylor, the one true champion thing, and trying to figure out who from the Big 12 was going to go to the college football playoff, and couldn't you couldn't get out of your own way, and the Big 12 loses Texas and Oklahoma, and the Big 12 loses even back then, like in Nebraska and A&M, and you think, oh, what is the leadership of this conference doing? Despite that... There has been enough competence, enough competence from Bob Bowlesby and Brett Yormark to make this thing tick to the point that it's alive and it is relevant. And now the Pac-12 on away in in the realm of college football. Some of this is sad. I I, I have not been and I do consider myself a, tradi- a traditionalist to an extent. I mean, I like the idea that Big 12 stays alive. I want to keep hosting locked on Big 12. Uh, but even in that, the fact that I don't get to see USC and UCLA play anymore is not. But it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me in the same way that if the Big 12 fell apart tomorrow, there are people who are like, yeah, I don't want to see Iowa State and Kansas State play. I don't care about that. That's fine. I mean, that, that's your prerogative as a college football fan. To me, if Washington State and, and Cal don't play again, I don't really care. I respect that you care because I care about Texas Tech playing Oklahoma State. But I can see why from a national perspective, this doesn't matter. And that is why, to me, we didn't need to announce this. We didn't need to do this. We probably could have just moved on from George Klyovkov in the Pac-2 or the Pac-12 or whatever it is and stayed quiet instead of bringing even more negative attention to what that entity is. If the entity still exists in two years after this grace period, which it probably won't because it sounds like the Mountain West didn't really want to merge with you guys. So congrats, Blockbuster, for firing your president. Congrats, Circuit City, for getting rid of your CEO. That guy's gone. Ah. Just keep bringing, keep shedding that negative light. Keep like, you know, finally when the spotlight was turned off, like, whoa, 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 turn it back on. We want to make sure we look bad in front of the entire country. That's what the Pac-12 has done. <sighs> Speaking of bad light, a couple of these Big 12 teams got to figure it out in basketball. Rough weekend for a couple of you guys. Locked on Big 12, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by FanDuel. FanDuel is where I go. 
Yeah. It's just where I go. When I'm thinking, oh, man, you know, cupboard's kind of bare. I got to go grocery shopping. FanDuel. I go there. I say, FanDuel, I, I want $100 on Kinesius minus four and a half in this basketball game on Sunday. And FanDuel says, you know what? Fine. Let's do it together. Uh, FanDuel, you can get some stupid, stupid good props, good bets, even a good $150 in bonus play with any winning $5 bet. That's right. 150, 150 bucks in bonus bets if your bet wins. Quick bets, live same game parlays, exclusive props, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to shoot your shot. Bet on college basketball. March Madness is coming up. Bet on the NBA. Bet on the XFL. I bet a USFL or USL, whatever they're calling it. Bet on it. FanDuel, official sports partner of the NBA. Another eventful weekend at Big 12 Basketball on Saturday. A couple things to point out here to begin. BYU losing to Oklahoma State. Um, and I, I want to dig into Kansas State losing to TCU. That one was tough. There is Texas Tech, Iowa State. I think the Kansas, Oklahoma wasn't shocking to me. The I mean, the way that it unfolded in the second half and Oklahoma falling apart just shows me that I, I think that there should be more tournament hype still around a Kansas State. Oh, I'll say it. You can say that I don't know hoops because of this, that I don't know hoops, but I think there should be more tournament hype around Kansas State, or at least even with what Oklahoma has done, especially given the non-conference for Oklahoma. They beat a dilapidated Iowa, dilapidated USC. Arkansas sucks now. They lost North Carolina. Like They didn't beat anybody in the non-conference that's going to be a tournament team. That's one thing. And then into Big 12 play, I mean, their wins have been fairly mundane. Look at Iowa State at home. It's a home win. At home against West Virginia, they stink. At Cincinnati, that's a pretty good one. At Kansas State, also pretty good. And it's the only reason that I could see major pushback from that point. But I don't know if Oklahoma is going to make it past the first weekend. Moot point. It's not where I wanted to start, but it was a fun aside that I got to make. BYU is going to Oklahoma State. Here is, and again, I know, Kansas State lost to Oklahoma, and it doesn't make sense in my brain, but I just I think Kansas State, if Tyler Perry could just be good at basketball consistently, be, that aside, I got to put the side away. BYU to Oklahoma State. This is the equivalent, effectively, uh, not equivalent, because UCF's a little bit better, of when Kansas went on the road and lost to UCF. Don't beat yourself up, dude. We all do this. Having been a Big 12 fan for a couple decades now, having been a, my life, having been uh, someone who's covered the Big 12 the last five years, this is just what happens. There's always that one team. Like I remember it happened with Baylor when they won the national championship where they got, I think they lost to, it was Oklahoma State. Um, this is what happens. Oklahoma State's not good. Are you supposed to win this game for sure? Did they lose earlier this year like Wright State? Yeah, yeah. You should win this game. Should, right? But the fact you didn't isn't something that I have to give up all, all hope. Now, the lack of defense, that is something that's not really expected. I uh, not really expected. It's not something that we have to brush over. We got we got to put some perspective on this. You have to play defense to win in March. You have to play defense to win in the Big 12. You didn't play defense. 83 points should win this game. But Jamiron Keller, I mean, what? Like, who could have known that that guy was just going to have a career day? Hats off to him, huh? This happens. It happened. It, it, it just happens at different points in time for everybody. Kansas lost to UCF on the road. You know, a month ago, we wouldn't be talking about this near as much had this happened a month ago because we're getting close to time. That's why it's worrisome. But in the net right now, BYU is 10th, 10th in net. You're a lock for the NCAA tournament. You could probably lose the rest of your games and still be on the bubble, if not in. Just give me a win or two more. and We'll be all right. Kansas State. Gosh, dang it. I And maybe the reason that I value Kansas State over Oklahoma, maybe this it's kind of twofold here. The first part of that fold, Oklahoma's leaving the Big 12. I have no alliance allegiance to them. 
The second part of that fold, I like Jerome Tang. Again, if you're an everyday listener of this show, you know that Jerome and I had a good relationship when he was at Baylor, and I hope he wins every game that he coaches in, except for when he's playing my teams. Um, I, I just, TCU's freaking good, man. Jamie Dixon's freaking good at winning on the road. That's been the most impressive part of TCU this year, is they have been the road warriors of the Big 12. They have been so good away from the soul. Can we call it the soul? Soulmeyer. Ugh, it's a mouthful. Can we just get it a, a nickname, please? Um, TCU is freaking good at basketball. They go on the road to Texas Tech. That got even bigger. That matchup on Tuesday night got even bigger with this win uh, for TCU at Kansas State. And for Kansas State, ah, now at, what, 5-7 and seven in Big 12 play, it's getting a lot tougher to justify, a lot tougher to justify what we do with you when it comes to March Madness. You have now lost six of seven. That Kansas win was huge. Had you beaten Oklahoma at home where you lost by 20 points or beaten TCU at home where you lost by three, you win those two games, you're in March Madness. You're seven and five in the Big 12. Now you go on the road against Texas. That game tonight, Texas isn't very good at home. You got BYU and West Virginia at home. Because they're home games, you've got a shot in the octagon of doom. You have to win uh, of of the ones coming out at Texas winnable at home against BYU because you're at home it's winnable and at home against West Virginia at that point when you flip the script and you're eight and seven in big 12 play then we start thinking oh my gosh three game win streak Kansas State's back in this now you got to follow it up with a win at Cincinnati you got to play well against Kansas on the road and likely beat Iowa State if not win a couple games in the big 12 tournament uh but for for Kansas State win now it is win now um the, the next loss could be the loss that keeps you out. You've got to hurry. For Cincinnati, we could start talking a little bit more about Cincinnati. 16-9 and nine overall here. I, I know that they're not a popular pick to go to March Madness, but they are 35th in net. TCU, who's effectively a lock in my mind for March, is 36th in net. Oklahoma is 38th in net. That, to me, circle it, baby, is why we got to start talking about how Cincinnati... Cincinnati could be a March Madness team. I don't think it's out of the question. Um, like a Kansas State's 80th in that, right? There, there's no, you, you got to do a lot here coming up to boost that. But for Cincinnati at 35, like we're teetering on the border here and you're playing the toughest conference in college basketball. Uh-oh. Great road win. Uh, you held on. It was gutsy. Now for Cincinnati, the rest of the way here, you've got... Oklahoma State at home, there's another win. Then TCU on the road, Houston on the road, Kansas State, Oklahoma on the road, West Virginia at home. Ooh, we're going to need you to upset a couple teams. You're going to make March. I'd pay if they beat Houston because we know Houston's getting in. That would help Cincinnati get in. I'd be okay with that. Um, Texas Tech, you played at Iowa State. That's just a buzzsaw. I think Iowa State might win a national championship. I think... Iowa State, I said it last week, I'll say it again, has the best chance of anybody in the Big 12 to win a national championship. Baylor, Josh Ojewuna, Ray J. Dennis, that's just, they're fun to watch, man. It's just, they're so stupid streaky. You know, there are those weeks like Michigan State and Duke where I was like, oh, well, Baylor sucks. And then they had three straight losses. They did the same thing in Big 12 play last year, had three straight losses at one point. It was uh, Kansas State, Texas, and TCU this year. Kansas State and Texas and TCU were involved in that last year as well. This year, I mean, they're just, it's a buzzsaw again. Whatever Scott Drew's got in the water over there, five out of six wins in a row. The only loss being a three-point loss at Kansas. Now that game at BYU is very interesting. At home against Houston, it's interesting at TCU. And then Kansas at home. Think about this. Think about this. Baylor might lose the next four. This is a tough, tough stretch. BYU on the road, Houston at home, 
TCU on the road, Kansas at home. They'll be favored in two of those. But man, it's tough to get through. I had fun watching Big 12 basketball this weekend. I had fun. Kansas is good. People that say that they're not are stupid. Kansas is good. Houston's dominant. Texas is still fraudulent. I let Cincinnati in over Texas. Let Kansas State in over Texas, please. <sighs> Talk more about tomorrow. George Cleave Cup got fired. Mm-hmm. This is Ben and Lois. We'll be locked on. Thanks for making it your first listen every single day. Dose Grande.